Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Welcome, everyone. So glad you're here this Sunday. As you know, we're working through this marvelous book of Ilanla Van Zandt's called Trust. And we've covered pretty much all of it. The first week we talked about the idea of trusting ourselves. The second week we talked about the idea of trusting God. The third week we talked about the idea of trusting one another and all of the metaphysical implications that went with that. And I'm going to finish up this week talking about the idea of trusting the universe, trusting really the process of life, trusting the fact that this is a positive place to live, that the universe is actually friendly most of the time, and that we can go with that. We can have faith in that. First of all, has everyone here, uh, did you have the pleasure either in grade school or maybe even kindergarten of watching chickens hatch? And, And some of you may have even been born on a farm and it just was part of your life. Well, it's an amazing process to watch. But think about it from the chicken's perspective. (laughs) You're in this little enclosed thing, and it starts out warm and nice, and everything you need is there, right? That your nourishment is there, your whole life is there. You don't know particularly that it's dark or confining. Well, not until you start growing, right? And so at some point, things get a little tight. At some point, there's a feeling of this was comfortable before, and now it's not comfortable anymore. At some point, in fact, you begin noticing that you're actually laying in your own waste material. (laughs) At some point, you realize that where you're at is not comfortable at all, and you would do just about anything, even the destruction of your whole world, to have something bigger, to have something more expansive. And so as nearly an act of violence, you're willing to use your own body to smash through what seemed like the impenetrable world of your own cosmos, not knowing anything is outside, but it was so important, so stressful where you are, that you were willing to break through. So are you buying that story? (laughs) So let me try another story on you. You're a baby chick inside the egg, kept warm and safe by your mom, sensing that heat and love from above. Everything that you could possibly need is within that shell coming at exactly the right time with a natural course of events. No worries, no cares, nurtured by your universe. And when the time comes for you to explore something bigger than what you're familiar with, you have all the tools you need effortlessly according to completely natural circumstances and processes. Your curiosity and your love of life simply moves you into a greater realm. You simply pass beyond the existing confines into a bigger life. So which of those two stories do you like better? (laughs) 
<laughs> I hope everyone said the second story. I, 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 I'm sure one day someone will say, no, I like the first story. But the reason I start with that and the reason that I bring that up, of course, as a metaphor for our own lives, it's less about what happened and more about the story we tell ourselves about what happened. I mean, the facts of the two stories are exactly the same. At the, at the right time for a little baby chicks, I can't remember exactly how many days, but within a very narrow time frame, if you have a, a hundred eggs, all of them will hatch out within a, a day or two. I mean, it's a natural progression, right? Yet how often do we find ourselves in an uncomfortable place, in a place that seems confining, in a, in a situation perhaps that feels uh, awkward or, or maybe even hostile? How often do we portray ourselves in that position of victimhood, in that position of needing to escape, that position, regardless of how natural the circumstances are, do we not sometimes find ourselves in that flight or fight mechanism, simply out of our own creation more than the facts of what's happening. Today I want to talk about this idea of push and pull. I want to talk about this idea of us being the authors of our own story, regardless of what the circumstances are. And I want to talk too uh, about the idea of us really evaluating our story, the story we have written about ourselves, both our, our past that we have written, what was my story growing up, what was my story in high school. I want us to evaluate that and then see also if we can choose to have a different story about the future, that the trajectory of our past does not have to dictate where we end up. Before we launch into this greater discussion, though, I want to talk about something else for just a moment. You know, here in the Science of Mind, we talk all the time about setting aspirations, having a sense of, a, of an intentional life, and then taking steps along that path for fulfilling those dreams or fulfilling those lives. And we talk about a prayer to back it up and how to do contemplations to help with that. We talk about keeping the positive attitude and always that vision or picture of where we want to do in our mind. And and have we had uniform success in that? We've had success in it, but have we had uniform success in it? Boy, I'd love to see everybody's hand up for that one. But, <laughs> but my own experience is sometimes even when the vision is so clear, when my idea of where I want to go is so appropriate for me, when I'm really living my own idea of where I want to be and where I want to go, what happens there's like the world's largest pothole in the road, right? It feels so like you're on purpose. And then someone or something or some situation absolutely presents itself in a way that just invites a complete disrailment of this whole process. It, it's like right out of the blue, something comes in, and I would like to say it just momentarily takes the wind out of my sails. And sometimes that's true as well. But sometimes it's like, no, there's no ocean to put the boat in anymore. It isn't a, it isn't a slight being off course. It's like a complete and utter derailment. And what I will tell you is that is part of life. There will always be ups and downs. There will always be potholes. There will always be situations that cause us to question our faith in God's response to our intentions. And 
part of the reason for that is we are not always on point. We are not always holding those intentions perfectly uh, in our consciousness. We have our own self-doubts. We have our doubts about how the world is going to respond to us. We do not have the presence of mind to always have those intentions with clarity and uh, a sense of purpose in our lives. And the universe reflects that. Those are the potholes that we see. So how do we keep moving then? How do we have a sense of things being in the right order even when the potholes come up? Time for a joke. <laughs> so a pessimist and an optimist fall off the top story. It's a hundred-story building. The pessimist immediately begins screaming, but the optimist has kind of a neutral expression on his face. They pass the 70th floor together, the pessimist still screaming. As they pass the 30th floor, the pessimist noticed that the optimist still seems calm. He considers this for a moment. What's up with you, he asks the optimist as they pass the 20th floor. The optimist looks over, shrugs, and says, so far so good. <laughs> If only it were that easy, right? When you're the one that's falling, you're going to scream, right? When you're in the midst of that pothole, when you're in the midst of the trouble, it's only natural to feel that emotionally, to have that sense of, oh my gosh, how is this possibly going to end up okay? But for a moment... Let's think about this idea of optimism and pessimism because it's a little more granular than black and white. Very often we can be aware in the presence of something that's going on that we don't approve of, that's harmful, that's really messing with our lives. Does that mean, though, we cannot choose to be optimistic about life itself? Certain situation, what's right before me, maybe i got to take care of business being a Pollyanna about it, being someone who just says, oh, it'll pass, it's all good in the end, sometimes that can seem a little hollow. Sometimes that can seem a little awkward when you're right in the middle of a crisis. We have to respond often to the crises that come up for us, not, not make them more dramatical than they are. Has, has everyone here familiar with the idea of a drama king or queen? Does everyone, right? Where something happens, and don't get me wrong, it's probably something unpleasant that happened, but suddenly it's grand opera, and the end of the world is at hand, and, and that's when we take something that's perhaps negative, and the pessimist in it will start saying things like, and it's never going to get better, and we're always going to have this kind of trouble, and oh, by the way, this is wrong, and, and this is wrong. But we also have the choice, I think, of just dealing with what's happening effectively and appropriately and still actually having an open heart in general to life. When we go the other way, when we say, oh, this is horrible and we're all going to die, can you just feel the heart shrinking? Like, like in the first story uh, of the chicken inside the egg. It's like through desperation we're going to claw our way through life. No one wants that. So if we can maintain that sense of optimism, even when things aren't quite going 
the way we want. Not maybe about that particular issue, but life in general. You know, one of the things that we teach in the science of mind that is so important, and, and we referred to it last week, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about it today, is the idea of the unity principle, the idea that really everything and everyone is connected in a unity of sorts. And so there really isn't an us and a them. There isn't a, a me as separate from uh, spirit. There isn't a me even really separate from you. It's as though we're all cells in one living conscious organization. And because of this, because of this, I think we reflect that every living being wants to express its love, wants to express its joy, wants to express the, the wholeness and the love that's present. And so if we believe that, by definition, the universe has to largely be loving. The universe in its macrocosm has to be compassionate because it's ourselves wanting compassion. It's, it's all of us as our individual pieces wanting to have love, wanting to have joy, wanting to have abundance, wanting to have peace, wanting to have all of the good things. And so although there will from time to time be the potholes, the potholes being the people and the processes and the organization that think it has to come at someone else's expense for me to have my piece of it, but oh my gosh, the unity principle really says that is an exception. That those really are the blips and not the general rule. The general rule is we all want life. We all want joy. We all want good health. And because of the unity principle, we are drawn into wanting that for each other, into doing what we can to see that the planet is uplifted. Because of this, the universe is a good place. Because of this, the universe is largely a safe place. Okay, so what do we do when we're in the middle of a pothole? What do we do? What tools do we have? How can we approach the idea of something when it really has gone wrong? Despite our best intentions, we've gotten fired from a job. Despite our, our efforts at making up to loved ones that we have wronged, they have cut us off. Despite our best efforts, despite our clear intentions and vision, what is before us is something else. The first thing to remember, and this is something that I learned a long time ago from my work in Alcoholics Anonymous, is that this too shall pass. There is nothing in the moment that precludes tomorrow having sunshine and beauty and life. As dark as this particular moment may be, the moment will pass. Now this, of course, is a good news and a bad news situation. Because when someone comes to you and says, I'm having the time of my life, unfortunately, the rule still is, and this too shall pass. <laughs> so so we, do have to, we do have to be aware that the, in addition to the, the speed bumps, the, the potholes I'm talking about, also, the, the highs that we have will pass as well. But there's a kind of a comfort in this, in knowing this, I think, that no matter how emotional I am, I am not my emotions. No matter what the situation before me, I am not that situation. I'm in it, but I'm not of it. 
It's not something that I am stuck with. And before you know it, it will be gone. Talking just a little bit more about my experience in Alcoholics Anonymous, there was about 10 years in my life when I was just a horrible drunk. And I don't know how to say it any nicer than that. I ruined a number of relationships. I was a terrible worker. Gosh, on on any sort of measurement things, I was not a pleasant person to be around. And you know what? I felt that about myself as well. One of the the interesting treasures of alcoholism is that even when you're in the middle of it, you know that life is so much better when you're not here and you're here anyway. There's shame. You know that there's guilt. You know of all the destruction you've done. And sadly, it tends to make you just want to pick up another drink. Potholes don't get too much worse than that. And yet, look at me now. It was a period that I went through. It was a time in my life that was horrible. It was a time in my life that I I don't even particularly like to talk about other than the reflection of it showing that life does pass on that we have the ability to totally remake our lives, that we have the ability, no matter what has come our way, to distance ourselves from it, make some changes in our thinking and our behaviors, and begin seeing the happiness and the joy once again. Now, I don't want to portray this idea of switching over to the happier, more positive side as an easy task, I mean, oh my gosh, Uh, I still remember the time that my sponsor says, well, that first set of 90 meetings in 90 days didn't really quite take, now did it, Larry? (laughs) And so uh, (laughs) some of you who are in 12-step programs are going, oh no. (laughs) And so, yeah, we did another 90 meetings (laughs) in 90 days. And, And after a time, what I realized was I was becoming a different person. Not a perfect person, not a person that could overnight change into something else, but I was sober long enough to see the possibilities in the world. Now, I'm not imagining that all of you are substance abusers, but I will suggest that we abuse our own impressions of what's going on in the world. We actually abuse our own view if you will, of what's going on. When we were talking about drama kings and drama queens, that's the very essence of it. To see something going on, and whether you're aware of it or not, making it into a big negative mess. And have you noticed that sometimes those drama kings and queens get some perverse enjoyment out of it? (laughs) Don't they? Well, that's the very nature of addiction, being addicted to an emotional response. And so I'm going to skip ahead for your homework right now. Is there some area in your life right now that you're experiencing difficulty? And if there is, I'm wondering, could you tell a different story about it? Could you perhaps, instead of seeing yourself as the victim in that story, or the person that's being done to, or the person who's being uh, treated outrageously, or so on and so forth, that area of difficulty, could you think more about it 
like the second chicken and the egg story. Could this be part of the natural process of you becoming a different version of you? Could getting fired from the job actually work out to your advantage? Could losing that relationship or having to work super really hard to make amends in that relationship, could that be part of your essential path? Not a pothole to necessarily be avoided or try to pull yourself out of, but could it be part of you in the process of becoming? Certainly an unpleasant situation, yeah. You may have to do some things about it, yeah. But rather than trying to escape, rather than trying to spend a lot of time with blame and shame and other things, could it be time to just with some equanimity say, that's what's going on right now, and this too will pass. It could be part of me entering into the larger world. It could be part of me going through what feels like suffering now with the idea of greatness later. Let's go back to the chicken and the egg for just a second. Bear with me here. What if you're that chick in that process of struggling a bit? Something in your life is confining you right now. Something in your life is is urging you to stay small. And you, you have that urge to just hunker down, right? Things aren't so bad. Maybe if I just hunker down, spray everything with, I don't know, some, some tight binding things that will keep things frozen in time, maybe things will be okay. That sense of not quite enough space, that sense of not quite enough right, but maybe not exactly sure what's on the horizon. The chicken just naturally, I think, allows the process to move it forward. Doesn't overthink it. Doesn't make it into grand drama. Doesn't put all the stops out and affixing blame on mother chickens and uh, the state of egg laying in America and uh, the politics of whether free range is better than uh, naturally nested and things like that, right? I don't think a chicken would ever think any of that. That's what we do to life in our strange humanness. So next time you're feeling confined, next time you're feeling that things just aren't quite right, rather than moving into reaction to what's happening, pause a moment and just sense in you the natural outcome. And just view it as that. It might be something that's pleasant, it might be something that's unpleasant, it doesn't need to be a big drama, though. It can be just something you're going through. Make sense? Yeah. All right, I want to close today with a, a quick quote from our book and a prayer. Here's what Ilana von Sant says about this idea. She says, Life is a process that requires living moment by moment, doing all that you can, doing always the best that you can, while trusting that the rewards you receive will be just and plentiful. The only thing you can know for sure is that if you do not fully participate in life as much as you can and trust the process, life will not be easy for you. And then she goes on to say, at some point or another, in the process of life, we are all like the little chick pecking out of the egg. 
We simply must grow and change and leave behind what is familiar. For humans, the eggshell could represent our own heart. As difficult and painful as it may be, or bear to accept, it is not until our hearts begin to expand, sometimes are broken open, that we become aware of the wonder and the expansiveness of life itself. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness. Only this one thing, this unity principle, this, this togetherness of all matter, all consciousness. And what I know about it is that it also means me, that I am an individualized center of the spiritual consciousness of all time. And as it is true for me, it is true for every person. Each and every person has that spark of divinity within. Each of us, a small piece of the large piece that is divine, full of love, full of joy, full of capability because we are part of those things. And so for today, I claim and affirm for each one that there is that ability to just notice our lives unfolding and to accept it as it comes, not to make grand drama out of it, not to think it is the end when it is anything but the end, just blessing our lives and, and trusting that our lives have a positive forward momentum. Despite the blips, despite the road bumps, knowing that we're on course and that it is a course aimed at joy, at peace, at love, at harmony, at abundance. And so for this, I give great thanks. For this, I simply entrust this prayer into the action and activity of the law itself. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you were here. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.